Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast with your host, Tyler. We are back um, for another episode of the pod. Really appreciate everyone tuning in last week and everyone uh, downloading and sharing and all that great stuff. And, you know, time around the New York Jets right now um, might not be the most, you know, um, you know, entertaining or uh, fast-paced or whatnot, but mandatory minicamp was this week. The Jets wrapped it up today with a two-day practice period. Um, tomorrow, I believe it was three days, but I believe the Jets do um, maybe some team activities or meetings on the third day or something like that. But um, for today, on uh, June 15th and June 14th, you know, um, a couple of practices, a couple of highlights, and a couple of notes from those. Um, I have actually a bunch here um, to go through. Uh, you know, over the past week in the Jets holding mandatory minicamp along with 31 other teams in the National Football League, um, you know, you can't take too much out of this camp, right? You, you take, you know, they're, they're in uh, shirts and a, uh, shorts and a t-shirt. Um, they're playing, you know, seven on sevens, 11 on 11s. Um, not too many 11 on 11s as Robert Sala made note of, but um, the Jets, of course, um, you know, coming into this mini camp, hoping, you know, no injuries um, as they, they exit here and, and uh, knock on wood here, but they've been pretty clean uh, throughout throughout the early parts of the summer uh, slash spring here. Um, but the Jets do end mandatory mini camp today and come back in late July for training camp. Um, you know, between here, the players go train. Um, they go do what they need to do, some state the facility for uh, treatment and whatnot. But, um, you know, Garrett Wilson actually had, rookie Garrett Wilson had a great quote today. He was said, um, you know, it, you could tell a player's uh, or a person's personality or, um, you know, you could tell you could tell by a person uh, what they do with their off time. And, you know, Jets players, um, I'm sure many of them will stay at the facility and, you know, um, who require treatment or many will train, uh, things of that nature. So this team, you know, very motivated, very um, self-motivated, and uh, they're all in this together. So. Um, hopefully they come back in July, you know, fully rested and ready to participate in training camp. And speaking of training camp, um, uh, Makai Becton, uh, offensive tackle Makai Becton was, um, here for mandatory minicamp, uh, yesterday and today he, um, showed up. This is the first time we saw him since really, you know, September when he suffered that knee injury against the Carolina Panthers, but he was here today, um, rehabbing with trainers and, you know, uh, not too much rehabbing because he did say that knee is almost 100%. So he's re- just really getting back into game shape, getting back into playing shape, um, getting some conditioning done. Um, so when training camp rolls around, he'll be ready to go. He's been training by himself in Texas and just had uh, the birth of his um, child. So congratulations to Makai and his family. Um, but, you know, it, it's great to see Makai back. It's great to see him back with the guys. You know, he seemed pretty motivated on Twitter to get back with them. Um, and, you know, it's just great to see him out on the field. Um, looking pretty good and hopefully ready to dominate in 2022 um, and beyond. So uh, a, a little news from earlier in the week here. I just wanted to um, share this. The Jets did work out um, free agent offensive tackle Riley Reef. I'm not sure if I touched on this last week, um, but he was visiting with the Jets um, last week. Uh, per Adam Schefter, Reef is 33 years old and spent last season with the Bengals after a brief stint with the Vikings. Um Reef would provide great insurance at the tackle position, at the tackle position, especially with you know George Fenton, Mackay Becton. Um, you know, not knowing who's really going to play left tackle or right tackle as of right now, I believe Michael Ford touched on it today, and you know, uh, or yesterday, they'll work it out as you get in a mini camp. Uh, as mini camp actually concludes here, that once you get, um, you know, into training camp and things of that nature, that'll be that'll be all worked out, and the Jets should be able to get a nice sense of who. 
um, will be playing each position. But if the Jets were to sign Riley Reef, I think he would provide great depth and great insurance at a spot that the Jets need deeply. Um, they have Connor McDermott there right now. I believe Chuma Doga is still on the roster, and they of course drafted Max Mitchell um, in this past year's draft with the six uh, with their sixth round pick. But um, as of right now, their tackle depth isn't you know uh, top of the league by any means. I think they could use Reef in that swing tackle uh, position if one of them were to go down. Uh, Fant or Beckton that is, but. Um, as of right now, Reef is not signed and nothing is imminent as of, uh, right now, um, as of any sense from any reporter or anything like that. But, uh, they just have a couple of free agents that they brought in, uh, for workouts, such as, you know, Quan Alexander, linebacker who spent some time with the Saints. And of course, 49ers with Robert Sala, um, and Larry Ogunjobi, um, who spent time with, who spent time with the Bengals last season. Um, those two guys, uh, per Robert Sala, Joe Douglas is working through and, you know, who knows, could potentially get a deal done there. Um, if the numbers were to line up and the players' needs were met. But as of right now, those none of those players are imminent to sign. So just a little update there. Um, and a little update here from Connor Hughes of The Athletic. I just wanted to share this as well. The real star of Jets OTAs is Lawrence Cager. So, of course, OTAs were, um, you know, last week and then mandatory minicamp rolls into this week. Lawrence Cager, of course, having himself a great uh, offseason period here, as well as Jeff Smith. Uh, Smith, of course, slotted in at that number six, number five spot, uh, interchangeable between him and Denzel Mims, I would say, at the moment. Uh, Smith, of course, has that special special teams experience and can play on special teams when need be. Mims, of course, not a special teams player, so he's, uh, you know, strictly on offense. And, you know, in the preseason, he'll get run and see what they have in Mims. But Mims, as well, uh, came into camp, um, you know, looking great, his body. you know, you know, lo- looking looking slim and, uh, you know, muscular, uh, pause. Uh, but Robert Sala said, uh, you know, he pointed out Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims coming into camp with, um, you know, new energies and new, um, you know, body, so to speak. But um, as of right now, uh, the, the, those guys are uh, just participating in the offseason program. So Lawrence Cager, um, of course, you know, shining a bit, uh, you know, catching a few balls from, uh, the second and third team, but uh, Connor Hughes pointed out that, you know, Cager switched from wide receiver to tight end, so, you know, he has the disadvantage um, being 6'5 or 6'6 and um, really being able to uh, go over these linebackers, make mismatches over the middle and over the top, so Cager, um, I would look out for him uh, heading into training camp in, uh, later in the offseason because he's certainly a player that can, might be able to surprise some people in the preseason and potentially sneak onto the roster, um, the 53-man roster there. Uh, it's certainly... Uh, ways to go, but Cager's a guy to watch there, as well as Jeff Smith, who is almost, you know, at this point, probably pretty likely to make the roster. Um, a few more notes here from Rich Samini of ESPN. So a few interesting notes that I posted on Instagram, my Instagram, and your Jets game plan, of course. Make sure you head over there and check out any interesting posts and insights from around the team. Um, so I'll just read what I wrote here. The Jets are currently working uh, through who will take majority of snaps in the slot. So, of course, Braxton Berrios um, was the guy down the line who, you know, with injuries... Um, permitted Berrios to, you know, um, slot in there and be able to take over that position um, quite frequently throughout the end of the year. The team has three players that have a strong ability to play the position in rookie Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Brax. Uh, Rich offers his insight here. So he said, my prediction, don't sleep on Berrios, whose reliability as a route runner makes him a strong candidate for a bump in playing time. So Berrios was seen, um, you know, surely as a uh, Zach Wilson's security blanket when he was on the field with the departure of Jamison Crowder, who heads to Buffalo. 
Uh, Barrios may be in line to take control of the slot position after agreeing to a, uh, after agreeing to sign a two-year, $12 million deal to stay with the team uh, back in March. So that will certainly be interesting to see. I think Barrios um, could play out to be the team's slot wide receiver on certain downs and distances. Um, you know, as Rich pointed out there, Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, and Brax all have the ability to play the slot. It will certainly be interesting to see who the Jets favor in that position. Um, you know, if they want to really give up the outside duties from, you know, a guy like Garrett Wilson or Elijah, um, I think they might be more suited outside and let Brax work on the inside on certain downs and distances. Of course, Elijah or Garrett can move inside, um, when need be, but that is certainly a interesting storyline to watch, um, you know, throughout camp. Here, the next one here, next note um, is on defensive lineman Nathan Shepard, who did uh, was a free agent uh, this past offseason, who is currently the longest uh, tenure draft pick on the team, actually. Turned down a better offer in free agency to stay with the Jets this offseason. This is per Rich Dominion of ESPN, of course. Shepard re-signed on a one-year $1.1 million contract in March, turning down an additional $150,000 elsewhere. You know, that may not seem like a lot of money to an NFL player, but for, you know, uh, Shepard and the Jets, the Jets were surprised and delighted uh, that Shepard chose to stick around. Um, with Fado Kasi gone, heads off to Jacksonville. Um, Shepard is now the uh, Jets' biggest defensive lineman at 315 uh, and could land a prominent role as a first and second down run defender. Um, he's getting some first team reps. So that is from Rich Samini of ESPN. So Shepard, the Jets actually said it last offseason uh, or last season, the Jets uh, valued Shepard. You know, first year in the system, uh, they felt like he, you know, didn't, um, wasn't wasn't fully unleashed. He didn't really grasp, you know, totally um, the, the complete system in year one. But year two, the Jets think he could be a pretty good run stuffer and pass rusher on certain downs. So that, another one, a very interesting one to watch as we head deeper into the summer. Um, but, you know, it, it's always great to hear these the stories from last season, you know, these players really progression, uh, progressing, you know, in year two in the system. Um, speaking of year two here, Quincy Williams, uh, Jeff Albrecht, defensive coordinator, says that Quincy Williams is finding his voice and stepping up as a leader this year. Similar, you know, I feel like even even this, this is not a direct comparison. This is still similar to Nathan Shepard. And, you know, Quincy's learning second year in the system. Even though he played pretty well last season next to CJ Mosley, he could take that next step and become a pro bowler, as he says he should. Um, he brought this up himself, of course, Albrecht, uh, this is per Connor Hughes' tweet question wasn't about Williams. That's a great sign, right? Uh, you know, Jeff Albrecht building up Williams when the question wasn't directly about Williams is always, you know, a great sign and shows that Albrecht is looking more towards, uh, you know, Quincy Williams to become that leadership role. And, you know, um, he did learn from Mosley last year, but possibly mentor some of these younger guys and Nasrul Dean and Sherwood. So, um, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Jets podcast. I really appreciate everyone sticking out, uh, sticking around for this episode. Uh, this is the Game Plan Podcast. You can find it on Apple and Spotify. And make sure you follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter at New York Jets Game Plan, um, Instagram at New York Jets Game Plan, of course. And make sure you read some of my articles on the Jet Press. I post on there non-frequently, but you can go check out my latest article on there and how the Jets could beat the Ravens um, week one. So I really appreciate everyone sticking around for this episode. And I will see you next week with another one. See ya.